0: Hey everyone, and welcome to the Student Ministry Conversations podcast with your hosts, Russell Martin and Brent Aiken. We are glad that you're joining us today, and we hope you find this conversation helpful, insightful, and encouraging as you lead your students in ministry. We want to remind you about our social media. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Men, And then also you can find us on our website, www.studentministryconversations.org. Today, we're going to hear a conversation Russell had with Tom Crozier. Tom is on staff at Jesus People Church in Chicago, Illinois, and they sit down to talk about collaboration in youth ministry. Russell, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your conversation?
1: It was so much fun to sit and talk with Tom, and uh, he has been working for many years with Jesus People in Chicago, uh, and we talk about what it means to collaborate, what it means to work together, uh, how we can maybe set aside any differences we might have, uh, and focus on what we hold in common, which is uh, helping others, uh, loving God, and loving people. And so it's a great conversation. And I look forward to you hearing it.
0: That sounds great. Without further ado, here's to Russell's conversation with Tom Crozier.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Conversations Podcast. I am Russell Martin, uh, and I'm glad you are joining us today. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, uh, and we are so excited to be back with some conversations uh, for you. And so we have several lined out that are coming up, uh, but the first one that after our break is with Tom Crozier. uh, And I'm going to let Tom introduce himself because he knows more about him than I do. So Tom, can you tell us um, you can give us a, a huge overview or a, or a zoom in. Uh, just take a few minutes and kind of tell us about where you've been, what you've done, and lead in a little bit to what you're doing now.
2: Yeah, I grew up in Minnesota and uh, came to know Jesus uh, in my high school. Um, there was a high school Bible study. And so a friend of mine invited me uh, just to start reading the Bible with them. I had no kind of prior experience to, to knowing uh, God, other than I thought maybe he was somewhere up in the clouds. Um, but high school is a difficult uh, time uh, for a lot of people, as it was for me. And uh, a lot of people were pressuring me my senior year. What are you going to do with your life? Who are you going to be? <laughs> You're about to graduate, and then what? Um, and I think as a lot of students, uh do they they go on to college cuz they think well i'm just going to continue my education um but not really know what what my purpose is in life or what what um goals i want to do or what vocation i want to get into um and that's when i you know found out you could know god you could get to know god by reading the scriptures and i met some youth leaders um who were kind of mentors to me and um very quickly I was invited uh, to be kind of a youth pastor role at a church, and so walking um, just uh, <laughs> in in faith, getting to know who Jesus was, trying to attempt to be the hands and feet of Christ. Um, in Minnesota, I I got involved in some some youth group uh, activities, and then um, got to go to a music festival in the summer. It was called Cornerstone Music Festival, and a lot of groups uh, from all over the U S would attend this festival in Illinois. And so our group from Minnesota would travel there. And that's how I met the Jesus people. Uh, Jesus people is a Christian intentional Christian community that is in uptown Chicago. And every summer they would go out and put on this music festival. Um, and so I did that for a number of years and, uh, I guess that's where um, my wife and I thought, well, after four years of college and I graduated from Bethel University in St. Paul, we thought, let's just try out this Jesus people in Chicago, see what it means to live simply, um, and maybe we'll just try it for a year and go back to Minneapolis. Well, um, we <laughs> ended up staying much longer than just a year. We fell in love with kind of, uh, the city and, and, uh, the ministry they were doing with students. And uh, I got asked to, to be a high school teacher. So I became a high school Bible teacher in uptown Chicago. And, and we just kind of put down our roots there. My wife and I have five kids. And uh, now we have three grandkids. (laughs) Our oldest two daughters are both married. And so we have three grandkids as well. We we had them all over for Thanksgiving. It was a great, very special Thanksgiving to have all our kids and host them all. So just a little bit about me.
1: Awesome. Well, you've mentioned Jesus people, and I didn't know about this before you contacted us. I've been to Chicago a couple of times. Um, It's one of my favorite trips to take. Um, but we did all the touristy things and the shed aquarium and, and, um, uh, and Fun. the leaning towers and all those type things. But, yep. um, but, uh, so could you tell us a little bit more, I mean, you talked about it being an intentional community about 200 people, but, um, what is Jesus people about, um, just kind of give us a, a, a introduction for anybody who wants to, um, learn a little bit more about that.
2: Yeah. Well, um, Jesus people to me, um is as a group of people just trying to love Jesus, love people. And uh, to do that, we're trying to be the hands and feet of Christ. Um, Following Jesus' example on loving our neighbor, we noticed um, uh, it was actually before my wife and I came, uh, the Jesus people noticed there were a lot of people experiencing homelessness. And so they began a shelter. It's called Cornerstone Community Outreach. And uh, they are helping people that are experiencing homelessness. About 300 people are sheltered there. Uh, three meals are provided for them. And then it's a long process to walk along people and families that are experiencing homelessness to get them into eventually permanent housing. Maybe they need some education, maybe they need job training, maybe they need some daycare. Um, there's a lot of different needs, a lot of variety of needs and reasons why people end up experiencing homelessness. But, um, in, in one small part, we're trying to make a difference in Chicago. And so, um, Currently, I'm in a new position um, of hosting groups that come. We have a lot of groups that come to Jesus people that want to stay usually in the summer or spring break, um, and they they want to see what it's like. Now, maybe they just want to go see the the bean downtown. They want to go see Lake Michigan. They want to go to a Cubs game, um, or they also want to experience what it means to serve at a a soup kitchen? How do I serve a meal or hand out food for, for people in need, or how do I bring socks and water bottle, you know, bottle water to, um, people in tents under the viaduct. I know going to Texas, I've been (laughs) going to Texas every year to attend the Austin city limits music festival. I love, love uh, music festivals. Still, we have Lollapalooza in Chicago. I'm also part of that. And so, um, just the, the amount of youth that come to those events are incredible um, I think it's a it's a big draw. Um, so anybody involved in student ministry, I think, um, hopefully they're involved in 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 music ministry as well.
1: Awesome. Um, well, you talked about uh, groups coming to to visit and to go and do uh, ministry with y'all and, and hang out and uh, doing that. Um, so, what do you notice whenever you have a group come in? What are some of the the things that you immediately um, see? Uh, either that's like things that surprise you when they come in, or things that you're like, yeah, um, they came in like this, and, and 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 you see those changes. So you don't have to be you pick anything along there. But what are just some of the things you notice about groups that come to you uh, for those experiences?
2: Yeah, I think um, a lot of them. Maybe uh, it depends on if they're coming from like a rural. Uh, setting uh you know it's it's city life for the first time so hearing a lot of sirens we live right in between a hospital (laughs) and a firehouse so there's a lot of sirens so um i think there's a lot of you know obviously movies and tv show um chicago kind of in this as this dangerous city um and a lot of people have that that attitude and that mindset oh well you have to bring a bulletproof vest, right? If we're going to Chicago. um, So I I think there's a little bit of fear. um, I see a sense in a lot of the students that come. um, And and maybe it's just the fear of the unknown. I think it's the same experience, I've had when I brought youth to Peru and I brought youth to Mexico and, and we go into a different setting and we don't really know what it's supposed to be. And, and it's we're all curious, but we're also a little bit afraid because it's that fear of the unknown. That's one thing I've noticed. But I also noticed um, a high sense of, of play. <laughs> There's a lot of energy that youth bring. And I, I love that about uh, students. They bring a lot of energy, whether it's middle school, high school, college age, there's a lot of energy. And so a lot of them want to play basketball in our basketball court or dodgeball, or they want to get big group games going, empire, two rooms in a boom, or, you know, there's a lot of laughter, a lot of fun. And so that, that excites me about student uh, ministry is that there's, there's a lot of energy there.
1: Yeah. Um, so when you have groups that come, and it's just, just out of curiosity, when you have groups that come, uh to do like to work with you, uh how do you set that up? How does how do they if they want to come and do homeless or soup kitchen or something, not not just go see the bean. Um, yeah. Yeah. But how, how do you work with the with those groups coming in? Like if I wanted to bring my group, how would how would that process work?
2: Yeah. Usually I just interview with them and, and talk about like their goals. Cause some, some, like you said, have the goal of, I just want to experience city life and and take our kids out to have deep ditch pizza. <laughs> um, and that's great. If they want to do that, they want to go to a Cubs game or they want to experience what is it like to live in a big city and just experience that and go to different ethnic grocery stores, or, you know, maybe they just want to drive around and and have a prayer tour of the city. We have 77 different neighborhoods in Chicago. So there's a variety of things they can do in the city to explore the city. Um, But a lot of them also want to experience, okay, what does it mean to volunteer? I want to go take our middle schoolers or our high schools and, and, and go hand out food or go, like I said, bring, you know, clean socks and bottled water under the viaducts to those sleeping in tents. Um, A lot of times groups want to do that variety. And then there's a third section too, that a lot of times um, some youth leaders and their students are kind of intrigued by what does it mean to be like the early church? Jesus people is set up as an intentional Christian community. So we, we do have, uh, a group of people that are sharing our, our resources kind of like acts 2 and 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 acts 4 where the believers you know they they pooled their resources together and and we found that instead of each having our own individual cars we have like 50 church cars. <laughs> and so uh, if you want a car, you can sign out a car. Um, and so we share these resources and we found, wow, we can get fleet insurance for all these vehicles and not everybody has to pay individually for their insurance, but we can we can carpool in a, in a bigger sense. And then we also have just a main dining room, kind of like a college cafeteria where a lot of our meals are shared. So a lot of groups come and they just mingle with the Jesus people and eat in our main dining room and experience, you know, intentional Christian community. And we've also had other communities that come too. Uh, the Bruderhof. Um, there's a, there's a few different communities in Illinois too. And, and in the Midwest that have groups that come and, and it, there's just a little bit of difference, but um, there's a lot of more Christian communities out there that I was aware of before I moved here.
1: Yeah, and that's what's interesting is, is um, you know, our churches now are kind of, you know, especially after pandemic, but before pandemic, we're kind of going through this kind of reimagining what church looks like. I mean, uh, for so many years, it was the sitting in the pews looking at the pastor and youth ministry was done a certain way. And uh, we've talked with, uh, we've had Marco Stryker uh, and Brock Morgan, who both talked about um, how youth ministry has changed so much. And Sam, Sam was our... Uh, was our, our last podcast. Um, And he was talking about that, you know, models have changed so much differently and people are looking for different expressions. So uh, whether that is like dinner church or whether that is fresh expressions of ministry. Um, And so it's interesting to, to have you talking about another uh expression that's not just a, a service or a, a part of your life, your weekly, your weekly calendar, you know, it's Wednesday night or Sunday night, but is actually a re imagining even life itself and how that works um so uh when, when you're explaining this uh when how do you explain more a little bit more of this acts to um early church like if somebody's is, is talking about it or you go to a conference and you're telling people about it like how do you can can you kind of explain a little more of that third aspect of, of what y'all do
2: yeah, I think uh, what I a lot of times share with people is when I was in Minneapolis and I was a new believer and I started going to church, I was really excited about you know sharing my faith with others. And I I was really excited that our, our church opened up a coffee shop. And so Fridays and Saturdays, we would have bands play and we noticed a lot of uh, poor individuals that would come in asking for food, asking for um, clothing. And we started a free store where we would hand out clothing items. And then you know we got a Bible study going on a Tuesday, and I thought, wow, this is really neat. We're we're at church like four days a week, um, <laughs> and so my wife and I were at church Sunday, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday, and we were like, oh, we still want more. You know, can we have like a prayer meeting, or could we uh, have a fellowship time and play some games? And so, um, how I kind of explain Jesus people is is we are living life together. Um, but it's, it's, it's more that daily, like we, we can have a prayer time. We can have a worship time. We can have game night. We can have fellowship every day. It doesn't have to be where you just go to church on Sunday and okay, see you next Sunday. (laughs) Um, it's more of a, a daily living out our faith. And so that's what appealed to my wife and I, it's not for everyone, but we just felt like we wanted more. Uh, we wanted to to do this daily. And so Jesus people provided that opportunity for us to, to have that daily um, gatherings. And I know people have really missed group gatherings these last <laughs> few years. Um, and so it's been really exciting. We opened up and had like several concerts the last month. And they've really had some good turnouts um, because I think people really missed the group gatherings. So I'm so mm-hmm. thankful that we can we can do that again. So, yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Well, what what I what I love about what you've talked about is a couple of things. Um, one is that it seems like if someone comes, if you are if somebody contacts you for some sort of ministry, you don't have like a, a well, here's plan A, here's plan B, here's plan C. It's like, hey, what do you want to experience? Um, some, you know, cause I know some youth directors are looking for a trip and, and they go and they're like, well, I need to have, you know, these certain things, or we want to do a fun trip or we want to do this. Um, and so you seem like it's real open for, you know, hey, yeah, if you want to come and do a touristy thing, we'll do it. If you want to yep. come and do a, a mission thing, we'll do it. Um, do you find that, um, is that, is that, what are the benefits of you doing, being that free and open? Um, and maybe what are some of the things that uh, that causes some, some either issues or is a little more hardship for you on doing um, this?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I love variety personally. So I, I really like tailoring a trip um, to a group how they want it to be. Um, and I've gotten to know a variety of youth leaders and youth workers, student ministry leaders that, that do things differently. And I like that because I feel like I'm learning um, what works for some groups. Doesn't work for every group, <laughs> and so um, it's really neat to see kind of the 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 um, the blessings of being able to tailor um, each individual um, experience to to each group because yeah, not every group is the same, and um, so yeah, I think one thing I've I, I want to share and and talk about is that you know I can't do this alone. I know, like as a youth leader, as a student ministry leader for years. I had just a small group of kids and they got kind of tired of hearing me all the time. Um, And I met several other youth pastors and we thought, what if we got together and played some dodgeball together? Or what if we got together and each youth group, uh, maybe made a, a modern day parable movie. Let's let's do some movies and then let's watch them all together and talk about them. Um, and so we started this thing called uh youth collision. <laughs> and uh, so it started with a lot of, we're part of the evangelical covenant church. So covchurch.org. church.org. Um, and so there's a lot of youth leaders in the covenant that got together and said, okay, well, I only have like two kids <laughs> in my student ministry and another youth leader said, I only have five, but if, if we got together with five different churches, all of a sudden we're collaborating and we get 25 youth together. Um, and it's a lot more of a, a fun experience for a lot of the, the uh, students because they're getting to know other youth that are also believers. And so, I've loved to be able to collaborate, not just with the youth leaders that come and experience a week at Jesus People, but also being able to collaborate with a lot of youth leaders locally um, and just to being able to kind of partner and, and, and see what worked for you guys <laughs> um, and just try new things. I think that's really, really helped our students being able to, to get a bigger worldview also because um, they know students that grow up in a certain town. They know their town, Um, but all all of a sudden you're, you're connecting them with other mentors, other youth uh, leaders. Um, They're able to experience other things. And so I think it's been such a blessing to be able to collaborate with other youth leaders. And I'm so thankful. They've spoken into my own personal kids' lives and also spoken into my own personal life and helped me grow.
1: Yeah. And that's um, I'm part of a denomination too. I'm in the, the United Methodist Church um, and, uh, you know, we talk about being a connectional system or a connectional church. Uh, and I think that's very, very key. And one of the things that, um, uh, you had listened to, I think to Kyle Creel's podcast on small town yes. ministry, and we talked yeah. some, which we you kind of take a different approach. We were talking about adapting things for your small group, but he talked a lot about that. like, you know, I can do, uh, me and five kids can do something, but you know, what if I get together with with 25 others, like you said, then we get the group discount at the ball game, or right. we can, we can rent two vans and go, instead of having five parents bring all their cars, we can rent two vans, um, and go. And so I think that's, it's a huge thing, uh, whether you are in Chicago or whether you are in small towns in East Texas, um, yep. is wherever is, uh, and I've, I've known that myself being in smaller churches is, you know a lot of times we would do district events or whatever and so you can you can bring a band in for for 100 kids from 20 different churches where you might not be able to bring it in for 5 kids from just your church absolutely um, and uh so I mean, you mean we kind of talked about before we uh got on uh and started recording about uh collaboration and that's kind of you know one of the things and everything you shared so far has been collaboration so whether that is jesus people or whether that is Um, You know, everything, all the aspects of everything you're doing, whether it's working with outside groups coming in or your own churches in your area. Um, What are some of the other uh, reasons uh, that small churches or even large churches um, should be open to uh, uh, collaborating with other churches, whether in their same denomination uh, or even those outside? What are some of the other reasons that we should be looking for? Hey, how can I partner with you or you or you?
2: I mean, I, I just think of the scriptures that talk about us, you know, like in Hebrews 10, it talks about us stirring one another up uh, to love and good works, um, but not neglecting to meet together. I don't think that's just talking about the local, your one church. I think it's also talking about the the body of Christ uh, as a whole. I think uh, to be able to be the hands and feet of Christ, we need to partner with, with other believers, whether they're in a different denomination or not. I think uh, it's so valuable. Um, I mean, It's kind of been our, uh, our motto these last few days, last few years, I should say, during the pandemic is we're all in this together. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and I think that applies to student ministry leaders that we're all in this together. Let's see how we can encourage one another. I think it's been very difficult for a lot of student leaders over these last few years how can we encourage them? How can we spur them on? How can we um, be a gift to them? And and how can we collaborate? How can we partner? I think it's just vital.
1: And I think that's um, important to look at and think of is, um, you know, there, there's several benefits that I can think of in even in addition, like you mentioned and you talked about was having other people pour in, yeah. having other people pour into our students, because I know I will um, when I was doing youth ministry full-time and even now as a pastor, uh, with having youth ministry under me, it's great to have, when we go to church camp, um, I wanted other people being their sponsor and their counselor. Um, and there's some, there are some dangers in that. There are some things that you don't know what you're, what you're going to get in some cases, but as long as you, you know, check those things out, having people, you know, cause I can tell a student something 50 times. And then we go to a conference or we go somewhere else or some other youth group. Uh, I know yep. we went to uh, CFAT in Lionville, Alabama. Um, it's a third world missionary training deal and they have counselors from all over kind of the Southern Eastern part of the country, you know, Florida and you know, Alabama and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, I remember taking a group of students and I told this one kid something, you know, 50 times, you know, just whether uh, believing in yourself or whatever it was and they have a 15 minute conversation with one of these counselors from somewhere else and their life has changed. And I'm like, I've been telling you this same thing forever. <laughs> um, why did you do it? But sometimes it takes that, you know, you're supposed to tell me this or you're my leader or whatever like that. Absolutely, yeah. And yep. knowing someone else is doing that. Uh, anything else that you see that are just those nuggets of benefits and uh, as far as uh, reasons to to definitely consider uh, setting aside whatever differences we have and, and collaborating with other churches?
2: I mean, I, I think even... Financially, sharing resources can be a benefit. Maybe there—I've met groups financially; they're 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 doing very well. Um, but as far as resources go, they might not have the space or the equipment. And a lot of times, you'll find churches that have resources of whether it's space—they have land, <laughs> they have um, you know whatever it is, equipment. That are going to be such a benefit that churches that maybe have the, the financial backing, they're able to travel a little bit farther and, and go to these places that have facilities, they have space, they have <laughs> uh, games for, for kids to play. Um, but it's, it's just amazing when you pool your resources, how much more you can do. Um, hmm. and, and of course, m- money is just one resource um, and land is just one resource. Um, so just being able to connect with each other and say, Hey, you know, it's very easy for us to do this, but it's difficult to do this, to know where, where people are lacking in resources and where they are in plenty. I think it really benefits the body of Christ. It benefits students. Uh, and you find out, Oh, I, Maybe you even find out, oh this this person, I have these students with dyslexia and I didn't know that you had this resource to help them and and, mm-hmm. and just being able to partner um, with other people that have f- these amazing resources, I think it's such a blessing.
1: Well, I think just as um, people are you know in families or in churches and have different gifts and talk about the body of Christ, I mean I think yep. there are a lot of instances where there are churches even in a community, that have different focuses. And one of the things that I've, you know, sometimes get frustrated watching is seeing, well, this church has a thriving food pantry. So then this church is going to create a thriving food pantry and this church is going to create a food and, or, or the church does really well. And so we're going to do school supplies and we're going to do school supplies. um, And, and a lot of times you end up doing it just because someone else is doing it instead right. of letting go of those um, things. I have a, uh. a, a friend in, in Galveston, who's a pastor in Galveston, Texas. Um, and he was talking about with his church, he, he has a church, that have been kind of revitalizing it. Um, and down the street, there's a, there's a, a garden, a community garden. And he was like, y'all go, y'all go volunteer in that community garden. We don't need to create one, you know? And so I think if churches can look at those ideas and go, well, what do you do? Well, you have the resources to do this and you reach these people well, yeah, absolutely. do we need to expand and try to reach everybody or can we focus in on what we do well and let somebody else do what they do?
2: Yeah. do well? Celebrate what other people do well. Yeah. And, and, and come alongside them and, and, and walk in their gifts. I think that's so valuable, <laughs> so valuable.
1: Well, why don't we collaborate? So obviously if we, if everybody did it, then we wouldn't be talking about it. So what are some of the reasons you've heard from people that you've gotten or that you've even had and used? as to why we don't uh, look at collaboration with between ministries uh, more?
2: Oh, that's a good question. I I often just think of our culture. It kind of, you know, kind of goes against the grain of um, when, when I was raised before I became a believer um, you know, it was all about me. My parents were like, we want to, my parents had pretty good incomes. They had several houses and, and it, life was about them <laughs> and I think our culture is this me culture like you want to get get everything settled for yourself um and so it kind of goes against the grain of the culture of of individualism to be able to be like okay i now now that I became uh, a follower of Christ I want to, to, to be able to be like Jesus and feed everyone. I want to be able to share my resources with everyone. And I think that kind of goes against the grain of the culture. And so it's been, you know, uh, difficult. Uh, maybe there's some groups, like you said, that are doing really well and they, they, they have, have everything they need and they feel like we don't need anybody else because we're doing good. (laughs) Um, and, um, you know, but for the most part, most of the youth leaders that I've met um, there is areas that they're lacking and, uh, and even um, activities, for instance, we have a, a high number of activities going on. I've had a lot of youth ministers come up to me and say, Hey, I have a lot of youth. I just have nothing for them to do. <laughs> can I, can I just jump in and and maybe get my students to serve in a lot of the activities that you're doing? Because, um, I just have a lack of activities, but I have plenty of youth. So,
1: well, that's a that's a, a key point I think too for especially for youth leaders who are bivocational, uh, who are volunteer, um, is that you can look at one of these bigger churches, whether in your area or something like that, um, and say, well, I wish we could do that, or you could go ask them, and go, hey, could we do that? Um, but right. I know that something that that I've had. Uh, felt myself, and I've had other people talk about collaborating, Collaborating, especially when you're talking about different denominations or different churches is, well, if we take our youth group there, then they're going to want to go there. Or if we collaborate with whatever other denomination it is, then how do we know that they're not going to try to re-baptize them or do whatever, you know? So have you, have you run across that? And if so, what are the things that you focus on to help people uh, kind of come together and, and focus in on what's important?
2: Um, I have. I I mean, I, I think to me, it's been more the experience of uh, meeting people that felt they weren't included. <laughs> I've met a lot of people that just said, if only I was invited, if, if you invited me, I would want to be involved. And so in, in my experience, I've been kind of highly invitational and in just to be, open and say okay well i want to include everyone hey can you want to partner with us i can tell you what we have what resources we have i would love to partner with you i would love to learn from you and love to collaborate Um, and just being invitational i think has been um exciting to see how many people just responded by saying wow i didn't even know i didn't know that was available and so thank you for that invitation um, so I, to me, I've just been much more invitational. And um, that's really what I've what I've experienced is that um, most people, I think, are, are looking for for, you know, that invitation.
1: Well, I think you can, too. You mean, you don't have to dive into baptismal beliefs or, you know, I mean, you can focus on let's love God and love people yeah, um, and keeping it and simple yeah you we're know, we're not going to do yeah you know, even if we don't do communion can we do it the same way like what are the basic building blocks of faith that we can agree on and let's do those but i know a lot Absolutely, of times yeah. people will throw out um everything because we disagree about this one thing or, or whatever and um i think it's the the one of the keys especially as we you know uh communication is global and we know everything going on all the time like we're able to experience a lot more things and and so setting aside, yeah, hey, okay, well, these are these are the things that are that we'll argue about. That's fine. We can argue about those later, but these are things we can agree on and let's uh focus. That's one thing I talked to, to my church about has been um, especially coming out of the pandemic, is not just saying, well, we can't do that because of the pandemic. Um and saying, well, I mean, could we do it 60% or 70%? Like we don't have to do everything, but could we do part of it and not just say we can't do it and shut down? So it's kind of the same thing as like working with another yeah. denomination or another church or another nonprofit, or whatever it is. We may agree on we may not agree on 50% of stuff, but we do have 50% we do.
2: Yeah. What can we agree on? And, and at Jesus People, we have had people come from United Methodist churches and Lutheran churches, and even some Catholics, Baptists, you know, it, on and on some non-denominational. So it's like, okay, well, what, what can we focus on? What can we agree on? What can we uh, agree to collaborate on? So it's been, it's been a blessing to, to be able to focus on kind of the, the core issues of, of importance to all of us.
1: So, um, kind of continuing, but talking about collaboration a little bit is: um, what are some other things that you have learned through your time of collaborating with other churches and your time in youth ministry that you would just share? If you were going to sit down and talk to a, a new youth leader or someone who just got volunteered, voluntold to be the youth leader, um, what are some other things that you would share? Maybe some some things uh, to be excited about, and some things uh, not maybe 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 some things of caution or some steps that maybe they can go, Hey, you need to think about this, think about this, do this. So do you have any, any top top 10 tips or anything you could share with us?
2: Yeah. I mean, one of my top tips, which I would encourage any young youth ministry leader, um, anyone finishing college is uh, really, I would encourage them to be a forever learner. Um, Me (laughs) uh, after doing this for 25 years, you would think, oh, you probably learned a few things, uh, which hopefully I have learned a few things. I, I believe I have, but I, I have so much to learn from young adults. And that's one thing I really focused on as, as a high school teacher is I want to learn along with you to the high school students. Cause I, I, I found some amazing ideas that my high schoolers came up with and I really believe that youth are our future, but I want to instill in them that desire to be forever learners. They don't have to finish high school and feel like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready for the world. I know everything (laughs) or finish, finish college get their university degree and feel like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. Um, Please uh, be a forever learner. That's one of my tips Um, And that's something I've learned through collaboration. When I hear of youth leaders that are um, dealing with difficult situations in their congregation, um, dealing with uh, students with suicidal thoughts, dealing with uh, a pastor leaving their church, and now all of a sudden, There's an intern uh, pastor and they don't know how to navigate those waters. Um, And there's so many different changes that happen um, going through this global pandemic. (laughs) There's a lot that we don't know. And I think it's been key for me to be able to say, okay, I'm going to be a forever learner. I am going to learn along with all these student ministry leaders. I'm going to learn along with the students and, 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 Kind of create an atmosphere where it's safe to ask questions. I think it's uh, really been key for our young adults to be free to ask the hard questions, and and I I want to be open to that. I want to be open to to students that are struggling with doubt or struggling with uh, whatever it is that they're 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 questioning, and just being able to create an atmosphere that is free. Um, uh, for, for really anyone to feel like we can, we can ask these questions. And so th- I think that's been key for, for, um, for my experience, especially these last uh, few years.
1: Oh, be a forever learner, create an atmosphere for, for hard questions. Anything else you would tell a new youth leader or volunteer? Wow. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> just spot.
2: I, know. I know. No, I, I mean, I, I'm just, uh, I, that, that, that you you are a difference maker already. <laughs> I feel like um, they need to know they don't have to grow into being a difference maker that they already are a difference maker um, it, Maybe they, they don't feel adequate enough to <laughs> oh I'm not I don't have things together enough to, to be a difference maker. I, I, I want to instill in them that yes you are a difference maker that you are making a difference um in the little things you do you you might not even know um just being a listening ear to other students um being in a place where hey your hands are are free to be of assistance um you know i want to uh, all these student leaders to know that they are difference makers and i'm really thankful for them um really grateful for the student ministry leaders i've met um and I know they're difference makers. I don't know if they know that. <laughs> so I hope they are, you know, some of them are listening in and, and knowing that they are difference makers because uh, they truly are. And uh, I'm thankful as a parent and now a grandparent um, that there are student ministry leaders out there that are making such an, a great impact on my own youth, not just uh, my own kids, but, but uh, the kids in our uh, congregation and the kids in our neighborhood.
1: Um, that's great. Uh, something else that I, I picked up through our conversation at the beginning, um, that I've seen throughout every story you've shared. So you talked about collaboration was a big a big thing that you've shared throughout everything. But the other was seeing the need and meeting the need. So um, seeing whatever was seeing homelessness, I mean, uh, and meeting that. So can you tell us a little bit about maybe it, to help somebody kind of understand like that process of uh, are there things that maybe we uh, sometimes see something but we can't do anything about it or we'll do it later or um whatever like what creates that idea and how do you help to foster let's go with that. how do you help to foster that idea for people to see something and do something um rather than either wait or think they don't have the resources or whatever how can how, and and then us being youth leaders, how can we help to foster that as well?
2: I think um kind of being aware of your surroundings is important. I've noticed, um, even individuals, maybe they're helping an old lady cross the street or something. And you, you celebrate that, you celebrate the little things, uh, you see somebody, you know, um, giving, giving that bottle of water to somebody in need. And and it's like, wow, you know, just trying to encourage that when you see, like being aware of your surroundings and seeing, the little things oh maybe there's a student that held the door open for someone and it seems like a, such a small thing um but i i like to encourage that encourage that um um awareness of just your surroundings and how how you can make an impact in in these little um random acts of kindness i think it's it's important to be able to to celebrate that when you see your students doing that and really encourage that i think i think that hopefully will encourage them to do it more if you celebrate that. Um, it's kind of the whole uh, philosophy of you praise in public and you, you punish in private. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you see some of your students doing these great things, well, praise them in public, you know, let the world know, let all the youth know this person did this really cool thing. Um, and even if it's small, um, encourage that. And hopefully others will do the same. So being aware of your surroundings, seeing where the needs are, when you see other people f- filling that need, celebrate that, encourage that.
1: Um, and that's, I mean, I, I, that's what I, when I, I thought you were going, when you said be aware of the surroundings was uh, looking for, you know, going in and seeing what in the needs you see um, and how, so if you, if there is something that you see a need, how do is there a way that you kind of either, Tell students about that or you just go do it yourself or um, is there anything I, I, you include,
2: do and- I include asking my students, for instance, we have like uh, we'll stick with the, the homeless uh, situation in Chicago. We have a number of individuals that come up to cars at streetlights and be like begging for change. How can you make an impact like having those conversations with your mm-hmm. students? Yes, I can bring fruit, extra fruit in my car. And I often do like, I have an apple, I have a banana. um, I have a brand new pair of socks, you know, something I can give to someone begging for change. I feel like I want to do more than just, hand out money. I don't know where this money's going. For instance, I want to give a gift that is meaningful. Um, but having those conversations I think is important and, and allowing the, the, the students to come up with creative solutions. I think our students have great ideas. And so having those conversations, I think is very important to, to foster that awareness because then they are thinking about it. (laughs) And, uh, and maybe they're going to talk about it with other people too. So just continuing the conversation and and kind of wa- widening the the conversation. Let's as a group, how can we make a difference?
1: Well, I think that comes back to one. You talk about living as community, um, yeah. And uh, as we said, we're not all all going to go and and uh, you know have community cars and and community meals, but right. um, you know I th- it's something that we've talked about before on the podcast is um, the importance of not just showing up on a open the doors on Wednesday night and closing the doors and you're done. Like how do you include students in when you go shopping, when you go do chores, when you do stuff for the church, when you're visiting shut-ins, like what are all those ways that you can utilize and invite students to see more of your life um and how you live life, not just you on stage leading a game. Um, and as you do, you create those, you have those, you know, you or you take a group to the mall and you're kind of hanging out. And so you're able to, to ask those questions and it's, it's beyond curriculum. It's those, seeing those life experiences and being able to create a teaching moment, which may be what Jesus did. I don't know. Um, you know, that, but that was the, you know, we have a prime example in the fact of Jesus going, you see this, well, it's kind of like this. Um, and so, and doing that with, the with those students.
2: Yeah. And one thing I've really enjoyed, uh, I've been part of a Boy Scout troop here in Chicago. And one, one thing that, was a highlight for me. Uh, The Boy Scouts really encourage the older students to take leadership roles. (laughs) And so they're teaching the younger students. So it's almost like the adults just stand back, (laughs) let the youth do this. And I've tried to take that philosophy in student ministry as well is be like stepping back and, and saying, okay, what? who are my older students and how can they be in charge? Like you said, like, how can they be involved in the shopping? How can they be involved in planning the snacks or planning the meals or asking the parents, hey, will you bring snacks? Or <laughs> um, And allowing those students to kind of rise up and and gain some leadership skills. Um, and then as an adult stepping back and watching, uh, that dynamic, uh, just, just be lived out, seeing youth kind of leading the other youth. It's been amazing. And I know a lot of churches do that. A lot of churches in their children's ministry have older students helping the younger kids. Um, but if you move that into high school as well, I think it's really, it's amazing to see, um, how how these leadership roles just develop and come out of uh, of our youth. So it's it's been a great, great thing to be involved in.
1: Yeah, and if you know something, you can share it. I mean, if we, whatever you have, if you can play three notes on the piano, you can teach someone who doesn't know how to play any. Right. Um, and uh, I would encourage anybody who's listening, uh, after you finish this one, uh, Brandon Hare, we talked about student ministry leadership. Um, and uh, even one of our very, very first podcasts with Daniel Acton, both talk about getting students involved in ministry. Um, and even Sam, Sam, uh, talks about it too, as far as integrating youth in the body of church, uh, in the body of Christ, um, and utilizing students because, um, you can it, once they, it, it doesn't make much sense to be like, Hey, you watch, you watch, you watch, you watch until you're 18. And now you can go, um, you know, we need to have students being able to make mistakes and try things and have things, uh, fall apart or succeed. And Correct. like you said, praise the success and, um, and then work with uh, the things that fell short and get back up again and go yeah um, and so student student ministry leadership is huge um and uh, but one of the best ways to do that is to model it like you said and to show show that um and to then provide those opportunities and then to be there and let them lead and you kind of watch and and help along with those things oh i um, love
2: that that's great so.
1: Um, well, anything else that you would like to share this kind of give you uh, open free time, um, anything that y'all are doing any way, uh, that people can get involved. And then after that, I'll ask you to give us your, your, uh, numbers and your emails and your, uh, contact information and how we can get a hold of you. But first of all, anything you want to share, uh, kind of a free open, open session for you to push or promote anything you want.
2: Yeah, no, I'm just really thankful for student ministry. Um, I think it, like I mentioned a few times, I, I really believe our youth are our future. So thank you to anyone involved in student ministry. I think, uh, you guys are huge difference makers and I'm really thankful, um, for everyone that is willing to, to, um, just, uh, be a listening ear, uh, be an example. Um, and a even to step back and let your students um, kind of take charge. Thank you for, for everyone that does that.
1: Um, so if somebody wants, is listening to this and says, hey, I would love to do a trip to Chicago um, because you actually provide a, a great opportunity for someone to come up and do a fun trip and also come and experience some different things, whether that is the, the community uh, living or whether that is uh, mission work in some way, Um, or whether it is just seeing some of the tourist things from different perspectives or knowing people who have insight, you know, you may know the best pizza place to go, um, as opposed to so many good uh, ones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. As opposed to the, the, you know, somewhere else. Um, so, uh, what do you offer? Like if I was asking you, Hey, we want to come up, can you kind of tell us what kind of you offer for a youth group? I know you said you kind of do anything, but, but could you tell us kind of maybe give us some guidelines or some ideas of what we could do?
2: Yeah. So Jesus people, you can check out our website. Um, there's a lot of groups that will come and stay with us. Like I said, and breaks during school in the summer um, weekends, we have a lot of groups from the Midwest, but uh, we are definitely open to to groups traveling farther away. Um, we, we do, um, you know, not just provide housing. We do tailor the experience to what uh, the youth leaders and the youth want. If they want a, a service project, we can provide service projects. If they want the city experience uh, and they want to just go explore what it is to 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 see the sights of Chicago or experience the fine, the great eat, <laughs> things to eat in Chicago, they can do that. Or if they're interested in intentional Christian community, they want to learn a little bit more about jesuspeoplechicago.org. You can check out jesuspeoplechicago.org, and um, that's our church website. Um, What does it mean to collaborate your resources and live together in an intentional Christian community? Um, And maybe it's all three. Maybe they want to do a little bit of all three of those things. Um, That's fine, too. So, we do just tailor the experience to to each individual group. So um, those are some of the things we offer and uh, really look forward to, to being in contact with any listeners uh, that want to know more information.
1: So you mentioned Jesus people, and Jesuspeoplechicago.org.
2: is that right? Yeah. jesuspeoplechicago.org Jesus and Jesus people, um, missions.com.
1: Oh, missions.com. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um Jesus people, I will put all of these links uh, in the show notes. Um, but uh so you also mentioned the podcast, you mentioned, and you also are active on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. So if someone wants to get a hold of you and ask you some questions, what's what are the best ways to do that?
2: Probably the best way is through email T c R O Z I E R. So Crozier at jpusa.org. That's my email. Um, and that's probably the best way to get a hold of me um is through email.
1: Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you so very much. We're so glad you joined us for our first after Thanksgiving uh, episode. Um, And uh, I just want to remind everybody, uh, this is the the first of many more. We will probably take a small break during Christmas, uh, real short, but we have some great ones coming up. Um, Brent has a, a great episode, uh, coming. And then my next interview is with Walt Mueller, um, who's the head of the center for parent and youth understanding. Um, and so I'll actually be recording that tomorrow about this time, but it will come in two weeks, uh, after this as we go every other week. So, uh, Tom, thank you again for joining us and everybody thank else. Thank you, you for joining us. Uh, and we will see y'all next week.
0: Hey, thanks for everyone joining us today. We hope you were encouraged and inspired by this week's episode and that you found tools that you can use as you pour into the lives of your students.
1: Yeah, we, we hope you enjoyed this episode uh, and you found it helpful. Uh, and we would ask that if you did, would you please leave a comment or a rating uh, wherever you're listening to us on? We would appreciate that so much. Also, maybe you know someone who would benefit from this conversation. Take a moment, share this on social media and tag them and then also tag us. At Talk Student Men on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, remember, you can support us financially. You can go to the website, you can donate, you can buy uh, merchandise, buy a t shirt. Uh, all those things help us out and help us to continue to bring great conversations about student ministry straight to your phone or computer or wherever you listen. So, speaking of great conversations, Brent, next week is yours. Can you tell us a little bit about what we're going to hear?
0: Yeah, so next week I sit down with Justin Herman, and if you've been in the youth ministry game for a while, you probably know who that is. He's been in and out of a lot of different um, conferences, and he's spoken a lot of different places. He also had a pretty good stint with Download Youth Ministry, and he also is one of the podcast hosts of Controlled Chaos, which is a podcast that's been around for quite a while. And we are sitting down next week to talk about having a healthier ministry, whether that's on the professional side or the personal side, steps that you can take to make sure that you are on the right track. And if you're not on the right track, how can you correct those to make your ministry healthier? It's a great conversation.
1: Well, it does sound great, and I know that you listening will want to make sure and tune in uh, and get this. Hey, remember, if you subscribe to our podcast, then these conversations automatically come to you, and you can keep up with every new conversation that drops every Thursday morning. Something else to keep in mind? Make sure and go to studentministryconversations.org, where we have show notes and links from this episode. Uh, Just search for this week's episode number in the search box. Uh, Also, we have other helpful articles, posts, blogs, game ideas, uh, all for you, free for you to use uh, as well. So please make sure and check that out and share that as well. Uh, Again, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope to see you next week on the podcast.